0: Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 731, recorded live on July 16th, 2022, and here are your hosts. The man who hopefully had a normal and uneventful week, Dave Pillay. And the man who's in the middle of a birthday... Fortnight extravaganza, Andy Low like and that is middle, that right? is like, fortnight yeah. fourteen days.
1: Yes, Andy, I know what a
0: fortnight is. I, I'm not for you, for any of our listeners who they know what a
1: fortnight is.
0: Not, you know, the game Fortnite.
1: No, not the game Fortnite, but like the measure of time Fortnite. Yes. It was a great story. Doc Hasberger used to to talk to us at class. He told it uh, where he uh, was so upset at one of the questions on one of his exams where it was like, what is the speed of light? And like they wanted the actual measurement of the speed of light. And so he put it down, except instead of like meters per second, he put it as furlongs per (laughs) fortnight. That if they're going to make me answer that, I'm going to make them work to check that I'm right.
0: Can't can't I just put down C? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure no. Because if you're asking me what the speed of light is, I'm going to say C.
1: Well, that's great, Andy, except if they say, like, what is, you know, like, define the measurement of C. Like, tell us how fast or how big C is.
0: Well, they didn't ask that. They just said, what's the speed of light?
1: Well, I don't know what they asked, Andy. I didn't see the exam.
0: But yes, no, that's out something would have I would have done. But yeah, furlongs for per fortnight. Oh, that's
1: furlongs per fortnight. Oh boy, I would have gone with cubits.
0: Imperial feet. <laughs> is it imperial feet? Is the other one, or is that?
1: I don't know. All of our measurements are weird. Yep. You'd think we would have, like, you know, gone with the rest of the world on better stuff. <clears throat> so, birthday extravaganza, huh?
0: Yes, yes, because it was my birthday on Monday, Isaac's birthday is tomorrow, and Megan's birthday is on
1: Friday? Yes, Friday. Laura and I were literally looking at that just before the podcast, because we have them on our calendar. Ah. And so we're like, oh, it's Isaac's birthday tomorrow, and oh, it's Megan's birthday next week. Yep.
0: Ten days, which, you know, um... Yeah, we just had Isaac's friends over to the house for his party. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow, Kate's family's going to be at the house.
1: How was the big game of
0: hide-and-seek? Uh, we didn't. Oh. Uh, they
1: showed up. It was It was a good guess. You have to admit yeah, it. Was yeah, a good guess.
0: no, that was that was a good guess. They, um... Uh, We had, we had gotten an idea um, when we were over at Kate's sister's house, we had dropped the kids off so we could actually have an anniversary dinner without the kids at uh, Weber's. Mm -hmm. And um, a year or two ago, she, for her kids, had a Star Wars themed birthday party. And one of the things she did was she got a bunch of pool noodles cut them in half
1: <laughs> and
0: turn them into lightsabers turn them into lightsabers and so um as we you know were leaving the kids there they were just running around with these pool noodle lightsabers having a grand old time and of course as soon as we picked them up they're still running around with these pool noodles having a grand old time so we're like okay mm-hmm. this is they seem to be burning off a lot of energy using these things so the next time I went to Meyer and went shopping, I picked up two pool noodles, <laughs> cut them in half, and I just I just left them that way. I'm like they they have no idea what a lightsaber is, so
1: right they haven't watched Star Wars, yeah.
0: So I just gave them these pool noodles, and they just have a grand old time with them. And so <laughs> for Isaac's party, we went and got. Three more pool noodles. So now they're multiple colors and sizes and, you know, thicknesses and everything. And they all just had the pool noodles and they were just all running around going after each other with a pool noodle. And it's like, you, you can't really do a lot of damage with a pool noodle.
1: No. So that's the point.
0: Yep. Um, so, yeah, they did that for a bit. Then they went outside. We had pizza. We had cake. That was pretty much it. Nice. They, yeah, the kids basically entertained themselves. We just gave them things to play with.
1: Yeah, you just need to give, like, a, a um, what's the expression? I used it earlier today, a target-rich environment. Yes.
0: We've got swings, play structure, chalk, bubbles.
1: Bags. Apparently you have bags. I have bags. Cornhole. Oh, Yes. Sorry, out here it's called Bags. Yes, we we had... I well, out a... here it's actually kind of both. I've heard it both ways in Wisconsin. But Michigan, it's... it's like exclusively cornhole. Well, I think it's actually literally like the
0: league or the governing body is yeah. the American Cornhole Association.
1: Hang on. Cornhole versus Bags. Small contingent that calls it bags. Bags grouping found in the upper Midwest. Cornhole, also known regionally as bags, sack toss, or beanbag toss. What you you were beanbag toss? That's how I grew up learning it. Okay. Yeah, Wisconsin is definitely a a bags area. Oh, it turns out
0: there's the American Cornhole League, the American Cornhole Association, and the American Cornhole Association. That's just a lot of.
1: It's a lot of cornhole. Yep. <laughs> Cool. I went to a one-year-old's birthday party today, rather a zero-year-old. He turns one in two days, so the party was a little early, but, you know, weekend. Yep. And there was no cornhole, uh, but there was bocce ball, there was a hockey, like, putting range, the putting range equivalent for hockey. Uh, there was kube. Have you ever played kube, Andy?
0: It's like a Q-U-B-E, I think is how you spell it K U B E, I think Oh K-U-B-E? yeah no i don't think that uh nope that's not the, how you spell it either i don't know what it what is it
1: hang on let me see if i can find it
0: uh k-u-b-b k-u-b-b yes k-u-b-b
1: so cub cub <laughs> it's swedish a swedish sport that i've never heard of well, Swedish in, like, the fact that Vikings are Swedish. Yeah. The, the pieces are called Skulls and Bones. So the whole game involves throwing bones at skulls. <laughs> A friend of mine today, when we were playing, it asked, like, where's this game from? I'm like, well, these are called skulls, these are called bones. Where do you think it's from? He's like, that sounds pretty Viking. And I'm like, yep.
0: Hmm, so, okay, so it's sort of like bowling, or, yeah,
1: sort of like bocce ball sort of thing. It, uh, yeah, a cross between bocce ball and bowling is not a bad way to describe it, except you don't have any balls.
0: You just have sticks, it looks like.
1: Yeah, dowels. You have dowels, Andy. You have three rods that you're throwing at these little obelisks. It's a fun game. Actually, it would work pretty well on the sand.
0: Yeah, because you're not actually rolling. You're throwing the sticks
1: underhand. So we could bring it to the beach next year. It's also a really good game to play when you're having a drink because like you only need one hand. Yep. So the, the other hand can be holding whatever. It can be holding a baby, it can be holding a, a beer bottle, it can be holding cider, it can be holding a can. Speaking of which, where's my my I have two cans this week, Andy? I've
0: I have forgotten which ones I have reviewed and not reviewed, and it's been a bit of a busy week.
1: <laughs> it's done. Until they come out with a bunch of new flavors.
0: Yeah, until I can get to a Casey's or order some B-dubs.
1: What the hell is a Casey's? I don't know. What the hell is a Casey's? Casey. K-C-A-S-E-Y. Like the bar in Ann Arbor?
0: No, it's a convenience store company. Oh, there's a Casey's near Benton Harbor.
1: There's a Casey's in Verona.
0: Yes, there's there's a uh, there's a Mountain Dew that's exclusive to Casey's. So if I really wanted to drive all the way over to Water thirty three miles down
1: the highway, there's um, a Casey's that I pass on my way to work. Apparently, yeah.
0: If I if I had literally an hour to kill, I could go get some, but I don't really want to do that. Okay. Yeah, ordering some offline, <laughs> getting it delivered to Miland. And then picking it up, that wasn't really an hour out of our way.
1: No, that was, that was on your way.
0: Yeah. But this would be literally having to drive 35 minutes just to see if they even had some available.
1: What what flavor is unique to Casey's? Oh,
0: what flavor is that?
1: Um, overdrive. Overdrive. Yes. Mountain Dew Overdrive. Overdrive. Have you reviewed the green apple one yet?
0: I am literally actually, as you're talking about this, drinking a green apple one. The thrashed apple. Yeah. yeah, I'm I have it
1: in the fridge.
0: I have one here. I'm literally drinking it as we speak. How is it? I love it.
1: Okay. I, As I said, I, I have a bottle of it in the fridge.
0: I that, that That's the Kroger exclusive.
1: That would make sense since I got it at pick and save.
0: Yep. Um, and there are no Kroger's over in this side of the state because this is, you know, the home of Meyer.
1: Yeah. So should I pick some up on the next time I go out there?
0: Well, um, I grabbed the last time we were over in Ann Arbor, picking up, you know, the typhoon in the mail. I also picked up the thrashed apple at the Kroger's while we were over there. So I've got, I've got two 12 packs sitting downstairs right now. Nice. So anytime I would go over to the east side of the state, I could probably get some more. Or there is a Kroger's up next to our Lansing offices. Like our Lansing radio station is in a strip mall right behind a Kroger. So if I ever, you know, have a reason to go up to the Lansing office, I can stop by you that Kroger.
1: Okay. Yeah. So no, the answer is, is no, I don't no. need to.
0: Yeah, no, I'm good. It's a really good flavor, though. I do enjoy it.
1: Okay. <laughs> if it were 10 20 uh, I'd probably be having some because, man, I am tired.
0: Well, right now I'm drinking Mountain Dew and having birthday cake. So, <laughs> well, we ordered a cake from Costco, and there's still cake left. So, yep. And there's gonna be there's gonna be another cake coming tomorrow mm-hmm. for the other party.
1: Yep. Costco sheet cake
0: uh no um just a small round cake okay because they it was the round cake or a quarter sheet cake and I'm just like we're having a basically I think we had one two three four five six seven eight we had about 10 people here today and we're gonna have what 12 tomorrow oh 11 today 10 tomorrow so getting a quarter sheet cake would be a little bit of an overkill Yeah. So we just got the little 10-inch cake. Yes, 10 inches is still a pretty big cake.
1: (laughs) 10-inch diameter? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a big cake. Yep, but,
0: you know, literally dropped off the cake request. Had it just sitting there waiting for me. American flag with the happy birthday Isaac written underneath. Because Isaac is big into flags now, which actually that's going to be my review for uh, next week.
1: (laughs) The American flag?
0: No, there's a there's a a game that we're playing now. Okay, it's actually a website and yeah. an app too. Yeah, so I'll we'll talk about that so next week.
1: Should we? Speaking of talking about things, do we do we want to talk about what's going on in the world?
0: Sure. Should we talk about my birthday present to the world?
1: Your birthday present to the world that came out the day before your birthday?
0: Yes, because, of course, Joe Biden just decided to scoop everybody.
1: (laughs) Well, the man kind of needs a win. Yes, he does. Especially since right after that, he's like, yeah, by the way, we're not doing anything about global warming. Yep,
0: thanks, Manchin.
1: God damn Joe. Well, yeah, thanks, Manchin and the Democrats over the last 30 years. Yep.
0: And the Koch brothers. For making it an anti Republican issue, yeah, because it's it's still fun when you look back at you know Ronald Reagan talking about climate change and George Bush Senior talking about climate change, like, and then all yeah, of a this sudden, is
1: an issue like this is something we need to be taking care of and taking serious. And, and
0: then the Koch brothers come in with their money and go,
1: mm, no, let's
0: not talk about that.
1: I think I think we should just let it let it ride. It's not going to affect us in our lifetime. Well, are assholes, yep.
0: It's going to this. It will affect our bottom line, so we got to do something about that.
1: Yeah. So the the gift to the world, Andy. I, I'm sorry, you can't claim credit. No, for No,
0: no, I can't. This has been literally uh, decades in the making. I mean,
1: in your lifetime, right? Thirty years. You've that, been alive yeah. for longer than yep, than this project. True. But no, uh, the James Webb Space Telescope's first images released. Uh, one released before Andy's birthday and then the rest released on Andy's birthday. Yes. And holy crap.
0: Yeah. No, I, I love that they, um, well, first off, because it's NASA, they're basically releasing these things in
1: public domain. Yeah. You, you are free to use these images however you want. And they are huge images. Were they? I mean, not the ones I saw. Have they released even bigger ones?
0: let's see full res photo the uh, fourteen five seventy five by eighty four forty one that is the cosmic cliffs image
1: where are my photos
0: here let me open up chat <sighs> sorry that just send it to you send one of the links to you <clears throat> yeah I can't believe I finally got kicked over to chat I hate yep. it. So much.
1: These images. Cosmic Cliffs. The full res, 140 megabytes. Yep. 14,575 by 84,41. It's a big picture. It is a big picture. Wow. It's also a lot of stars in the Milky Way. <laughs> yep. In this image. <laughs> So I really like, and um, Hank Green pointed this out, that you can easily identify any James Webb image by that diffraction pattern.
0: Oh yeah, the six the yep. six point, eight point. Oh, you're right, it would be eight, wouldn't it?
1: Yep. it's it's six big ones and two little ones.
0: Is that just because the stars are so close?
1: So I'm bred right up on this. Every telescope has this. But the shape of the mirror changes the pattern. And there's actually two things contributing to the, the, the diffraction patterns. It's the shape of the mirror and the struts holding the secondary mirror in place.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could
1: see that. And so with Webb, a hexagonal mirror produces uh, three lines, so a six-point. And then what they did is they lined up with the, the three struts of the secondary mirror they lined two of those up with the existing diffraction pattern. So that's why the, the two diagonal ones are, like, so intense, because it's actually two different diffractions that are on top of each other. Okay. And then the vertical one, I think, comes from the mirror, and the horizontal one comes from the third strut. Okay. So it is a diffraction pattern that is uniquely James Webb. <sighs>
0: It just looks great.
1: Yeah. Oh, God, that's a very big image. Yes. viewed at 100% on a 36-inch television. Damn, that's pretty. I have my staff meeting on Monday. At the staff meeting, we have one of the largest LED screens in the continental United States. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I know the person who's responsible for the tech side of, like, what goes on the screen. So, he's also a space nut. He, like, watches the Starlink launches with me. Uh, so guess what's going to be on the screen at staff meeting next week? One of these? Yeah. I, I would be so incredibly surprised. Oh, there's some little galaxies hidden in this image. Oh, there's some... Very far away galaxies hidden in this image. Not every one of these bright spots is a star. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, I
0: love, um, which which one was it?
1: The ring nebulas?
0: Uh, Yeah, the southern ring nebula where you can actually see both. galaxy
1: on its edge
0: um yeah the 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 well you can actually see that it's a binary star, oh, yeah, where you actually couldn't see that in the Hubble shot,
1: yeah, I have a feeling with Hubble they could have deduced that it was binary if they like took enough images of it well they
0: they knew it was a binary system, but literally being able to see you know both of them so clearly, yeah. And I love how this has literally been, what'd they say, all these shots were done within the first week?
1: Oh, God. And we have, what, 20 years? Uh, 30. 30? Isn't that what they were saying? That there's, because the original mission was, what, 10 years?
0: I thought it was 10 years, but I thought they had enough gas to be up there for 20. I
1: think they have enough fuel for 30. I don't know. I don't, hang on. Uh, James Webb mission... Life expectancy. Because they said it was like a perfect insertion. Like everything was exactly as they intended. But even like 20 years. 20 years of having this incredibly powerful telescope. That's a long time. I wonder how how much of Webb's time is already booked. I don't know. I'd love for NASA to publish a website of like, here's everything Webb is scheduled to look at and when. Web schedule. Nope, not web middle school.
0: Let's see. Science execution approved programs, maybe? Okay, so general observer programs, first image observations, directors, discretionary early release science programs, guaranteed time observation programs, and calibration programs. I think this might be the closest thing that you're looking for. Okay. And I will post this in the topic list, too, if I'm reading this correctly, where there are the... Yeah, because this thing says, okay, all these early release science programs will take place during the first five months of operations. So it will at least tell you...
1: The first couple months.
0: Yes. Like, uh, on July 17th, um, they're going to do an image spectro... Spectroscopy...
1: Spectroscopy. Yes,
0: sorry. I've got... I've got chocolate mouth. Okay. Um, of quasar hosts with Wait, JWS. chocolate
1: with with Mountain Dew, green apple. Yes, that can't be good.
0: It's a it's a cacophony of flavors.
1: A, a cacophony is not a good thing, Andy. <laughs> that does not have a positive connotation.
0: So yeah, so somebody is getting twenty three twenty eight point three hours of James Webb Telescope. Starting tomorrow, it looks like. Or is that actually the... No, never mind. Because I think that's actually the time right now. Is it
1: 3.39 GMT right now? Gee, if only you had a magical device in front of you that you could just, like, type in, what time is it in GMT? It is 3.40 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time.
0: So it's not actually... The current time. So, okay, so it lists the current time at the top. All right.
1: But Do you actually want GMT or do you want UTC?
0: No, I, it it's listing here as GMT, so. Okay. Excuse
1: me. UTC, the universal time, coordinated universal time, which is perhaps a bit ambitious, calling it universal. So here's a question for you, Andy. You ready for this? All right. Mars has a lower gravity than Earth, correct? Yes, because it's smaller. So time runs at a different rate. Now, probably not anything that we would need to worry about, right? But what about planets in a different solar system, potentially in a different galaxy? How fast are they moving relative to Earth? Oh, jeez.
0: It is not the correct time of day to think about that.
1: (laughs) This has been a problem that has plagued me since, like, early days of Star Trek, when they're like, oh, subspace communication. I'm like, cool, but, like, time's flowing at different rates in those two places. Like, if you enter orbit, and now you're orbiting a star, but that star is, like, way closer to the center of the Milky Way. Like, isn't time flowing different there than it is out here?
0: I don't know. I'm going down a rabbit hole on how to actually access the James Webb Space Telescope Archive on the Space Telescope Science Institute website.
1: Why are you trying to access the James Webb Archive?
0: I'm just trying to see if it's possible.
1: What's archived at this point? I
0: I don't. uh, uh, Data retrieval for Cycle 1, which is the stuff that we've seen. Cycle 1 was that first week of stuff. So it looks like, yeah, it looks like this is the website that's like the actual scientist side of the Hmm. James Webb.
1: This is where it's going to be forevermore.
0: Well, this is the one that categorizes and catalogs all of the um, science data and how to access it. And also the um, (laughs) James Webb Space Telescope user documentation. I, (laughs) there... There is a. This is the user is, manual did for you James find Webb. The
1: user manual for James Webb. <laughs> I think. so. I just want to check that I'm hearing you correctly. You found the user manual for James Webb. So, like, to if you want to activate a certain thing on the telescope, it tells you how. Um, well, this
0: is how uh, collection of documents on the spacecraft and instruments, and then also how to prepare your proposal to use the telescope and how to analyze the data coming from the telescope. Man, this is just fascinating, just looking at the actual bureaucracy behind this thing. Man, yeah, it took, you know, literally decades to get this thing up and out there, and now here's here's the actual, like, website on how all this is supposed to be used. Crazy.
1: All right, James so... Web, about the James Webb hardware. Wait a yeah. minute. <laughs> Wavefront Sensing and Control. On this page, Active Systems Overview. During commissioning, during science operations and references.
0: Wow. So, other space news, because of course we've got space news on here. <clears throat> sure. Um In case it felt like we've been having a lot of launches this year. We have. We have had a lot of launches this year. The launch cadence... For the world, in the first half of this year, averaged one mission every two and a half days.
1: It's a lot of launches. Yes. Are, is is someone like trying to leave or something?
0: So last year, twenty twenty one broke the record with a hundred and thirty five launches, successful launches. This year. This year, we're looking. we look. Are we're on pace to break that? Because we've already done 72 missions so far this year. Worldwide. And
1: that's with um, the SLS, like, totally fucking up.
0: Yep. Okay, so, 37 launches by U.S. rockets, 21 by Chinese, 9 Russian, 2 Indian, 1 European, 1 Iranian, and 1 South Korean. 37 launches by U.S. rockets, 27 of those for SpaceX,
1: yeah, of course they were.
0: Which I think 15 of those was just Starlink launches.
1: The others were private.
0: Uh three missions to the ISS and then rest of those were satellites. Cool. So yeah, so in case it seems like there's a lot of ro- rocket launches going on,
1: it's because there are. <laughs> Which is not a Bad. Well, we don't really know if it's a bad thing. I'm I'm gonna not go out on a limb and say that's not a bad thing. The space nerd in me is thrilled. Yes. The pessimist in me kinda gets nervous because, like, each launch is dropping random shit into the atmosphere and into low Earth orbit. Every one is a chance for a catastrophic failure, Mm -hmm. and, like, if we get to the point where we start running into the problem of satellites hitting satellites, we're screwed. Like, that's it. Game over.
0: Yeah, the the chain reaction would just be (laughs) ridiculous.
1: Well, on the plus side, we wouldn't really have to worry about global warming, because there'd be (laughs) nothing we could do about it.
0: Well, most of the things would be small enough; they would burn up in the Earth's atmosphere. Yeah, most of them.
1: But the s- communication satellites that are all gone. Yep. The GPS satellites that are all gone. Yep. How much farming Andy is done is with high precision Yeah, high
0: precision GPS. GPS. Oh my gosh!
1: What happens when we take that away? The answer is nothing good.
0: Yep. So, speaking of catastrophic failures. <laughs> yeah. Um Booster 7. Where, where are you going go with that one? Booster 7.
1: Oh, the the flare up.
0: Yeah, Booster 7. The, yeah. the booster for the super heavy rocket from SpaceX yep. with 33 rocket engines on its bottom. That's a lot of engines. Yep uh was loaded onto the orbital launch pad and they were trying they filled it
1: up with gas yep i mean with their version of gas
0: yeah methane and oxygen yep uh no, just methane it looks like so
1: they filled it up with methane
0: to basically just test the what they call the spin start portion of the ignition sequence where they actually basically bring everything up to pressure and spin up all the rocket engine parts to make sure that you know everything is good yeah so they they don't, actually, they don't actually they don't. They, they, yeah, they don't turn it on. They basically just run it, but they don't, it's just methane. So methane's not supposed to really, you know.
1: I mean, methane is highly combustible. Yes. That's why they use it as rocket fuel.
0: Yes. But they weren't going to actually light it. The problem was, is when they tried to do a spin start test with all 33 engines at once, something caused all that methane that was being, you know, put through the the rocket system to ignite. And basically, call uh, created a fuel air bomb yep. at the bottom of the rocket.
1: Yep. it was it was impressive.
0: It was impressive. There was quite a shockwave.
1: It was yeah. It went boom. Yep. <laughs> You're right. It it is an air bomb, right? Like yep. there is there are munitions created by the U S military that do exactly what that thing did, which is just release a giant cloud of like gas, gasoline, and then ignite it.
0: And then the ambient oxygen in the air will be the oxidizer and causing it to, you know...
1: To blow up. To blow up. And you get this huge pressure wave, which just, like, screws everything up. Yep. So this giant bomb goes off at the bottom of the, uh, the, the Starship booster. While it's sitting on the launch platform... Thankfully, I think most of the force of the blast, it really goes sideways. Yes. Like, very little of it went up. Yeah,
0: because it's the path of least resistance. Yeah. Now, the heat goes up. Yes. And there was residual fires around there
1: for, like, the next hour. Yeah. Is is the booster all right? Is Starship okay?
0: Well, um, they shut the uh, they shut the pad down until the fire was out. Good. They checked it all out and they said, look, the best way to check, because they got to check all 33 engines now, one by one, and they said the easiest way to do that is to bring it back to the high bay. So they offloaded it off oh. the launch platform. Yeah. And they made its way all the way back to the high bay, made it all the way back to the high bay. And they're currently working their way through testing all the propellant all 33 engines. Yep. All 33 engines.
1: Is this one working? Is this one working? Is this one working? I don't know. It feels like the fastest way to test it would be to just turn it on again. That that to me feels like it would be the fastest way to test it. Yeah, but now that also would be the it, easiest way to blow it up again. <laughs> right. Like if there's a problem, then you're, you're screwed. But you didn't ask me the fastest way to identify the problem. You want the fastest way to test, do they all work?
0: So I was out um, visiting one of our AM transmitter sites. Yeah, where the transmitter I think How did this hit, turn
1: into a work
0: story. Yes, um, the transmitter had lightning issues. Okay, and so I was talking to him, and I'm like, "What is or is there?" I'm like, "What's the best or is is there even a way of testing lightning suppression?" And he's like, "the The best way is to get
1: hit by, hit lightning. by
0: lightning." Yeah. You get hit by lightning and you see what breaks. (laughs) That's how you, that's basically how you test your lightning suppression.
1: Well, because like, where else are you going to get a charge of that level?
0: Yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, I think we might be able to do something for their military stuff. Because they do, um, their original uh, transmitters were all sea buoys. Hence the name Nautel for, you know, Nautilus. Nautilus, yeah. Yeah. So they they did stuff for sea buoys and st- stuff for the military. And so some of that stuff, they, you know, had contraptions at one point to, you know, create internal lightning, but they're just like, yeah,
1: no, but... A typical lightning flash is about 300 million volts. Yep. And about 30,000 amps. Yep.
0: And give you a very bad day very quickly.
1: Yeah, like, there's no way you can test for that. Not physically. You could simulate, but, like, simulations are only so good. And we have really limited data about what happens at 300 million volts with 30,000 amps. And that's a typical flash. Do we know the upper limit? Do we know, like, where it could end up? Probably Not. Is there an upper limit? I, I don't know. A
0: lot of the stuff, once you start getting high enough, you start going straight into plasma.
1: I mean, lightning bolts generally are, yeah. right? Like, it just, it turns the air into a plasma. 30,000 amps. That is a lot of current. hmm Which I guess makes sense if you are resolving a 300 million volt difference in a fraction of a second.
0: But yeah, no that's where I was trying to go with that is the fact that is, yeah, no, you could <laughs> best way to test it is just get hit by lightning. you'll know really quickly what worked and what didn't.
1: Yeah. so just turn on the the booster and you'll know really quickly, mm-hmm. whether everything's good or not. I think rocket science is a little harder. yeah, just and just, just, let's let's be clear this is this is literally definitively rocket science. Yes,
0: my work mouse pad. Actually, I got it from the Huntsville, Alabama NASA complex where they, you know, originally designed rockets. Yes. And where they have, I do believe, I think they have two Saturn Vs there. Because I think they have one standing up. And I think they have, yeah, I think uh, one's at Kennedy. Okay, there are only three Saturn Vs on display,
1: one's at the Smithsonian. <clears throat>
0: one's at okay one's at Johnsonville Space Center and then okay so okay so there's just one actual one there i guess the other one might be a model
1: i mean it, they i don't feel like they would have built extra saturn v's No. <laughs> like if they built them they were probably going to use them and those were not recoverable andy yeah sorry i'm reading up um uh, yeah i know you're reading andy but we should probably get back to what we're talking about okay I mean, I guess you delete all the silence, so yeah. I could just let it go for as long as it needs to.
0: Well, speaking of really rich guys, Bill Gates.
1: Not Elon Musk?
0: Not Elon Musk, but Bill Gates. You don't, you
1: don't want to talk about how he's getting sued by Twitter to complete a contract?
0: Yes, that he doesn't want to complete because he says Twitter's data is... Bogus. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, Bill yeah. Gates... One of the other rich guys. Is he currently fifth? I think he's fifth. Hold on. He was
1: first for a while.
0: Okay, here we go. Forbes real-time billionaire list. Musk, Bezos, Bernard. Who the heck is this guy? Oh, CEO of Louis Vuitton. Okay, that would make sense. Uh, Where is he on the list? Search by name. Gates. Bill Gates, number five right now. Okay, so he is currently fifth. Net worth of $103 billion. Basically declared that he will be moving down and off of the list of the world's richest people by basically donating everything to the Gates Foundation.
1: He wants to get rid of all his money. Yes. Or at least give it to the Gates Foundation. Yes. Okay. I mean, sure. It'd be great if like everyone who was on the world's richest people list was like, "You know what? Let's, let's actually spend this money." Yep.
0: So he said he's going to this week transfer 20 billion dollars to the Gates Foundation, which, you know, is still 20 billion dollars, but for him that's only Nothing. only a only a fifth of his total net worth.
1: God, I just like give me give me 1/100th one, one of that yep. and I'm set for life. Like Yep. But that's true of everyone, right? Anyone could have one one-hundredth of that and be set. So, yeah, and the he... rich are just like stupid rich.
0: hmm He says, I hope others in positions of great wealth and privilege will step up in this moment, too, he said.
1: Yeah. Uh, I believe Judy Faulkner is doing something similar.
0: I think uh, Warren Buffett's going to basically do something similar to
1: that, too. Yep. Yeah. And we'll see what Elon Musk does. He yeah. might have to buy Twitter, so... <laughs> This is, it's so weird. Like, you sign a contract to do a thing. Fine. The contract has some, like, ways to back out. Fine. There's a penalty clause for backing out. Fine. He tries to back out, and they sue to say it's not a good enough reason. And that, like, he never intended to go through with it in the first place. He's just been, like, screwing around the whole time and manipulating the market. And if the courts find him, like, guilty, they could... Force him to buy the product? Like, the company? Not the product, but the company? I'm just... What? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, come on. No one's acting in, in good faith here. And it's Twitter, so yeah, no.
0: It's it's, tw- it's Twitter and Elon Musk. And, like, I don't really see... Uh, I don't... Can, can they both lose somehow?
1: <laughs> like... Theoretically, could could I mean? Wouldn't Elon Musk buying Twitter be a loss for Twitter? Probably. So yes, if Elon Musk loses, then they both lose. The board of Twitter makes out really well. Of course, Twitter itself as a product probably loses pretty hard.
0: Well, let's see what other big money news we got here. Oh, Unity, Unity, the video game engine, engine yeah, has decided to merge with Iron Source. Unity, according to the Wall Street Jr. has agreed to pay four point four billion dollars for iron source.
1: So they're not really merging with iron source. They are purchasing iron source. Yes. Yeah. They they What have... is what is Iron Source, Andy?
0: Um well how I knew Iron Source was it was the developer of Install Core, which was Install Core, a wrapper for bundling software installation. So think of you know how you would download a program from a website and you'd run the installer, and all of a sudden another pop up would say, "Hey, would you like to install this registry cleaner or this driver support software for updating your drivers or this toolbar for Internet Explorer?" You remember remember things like that?
1: Not particularly. No, the toolbar one, yes.
0: Yeah, well, Iron Source was the one who developed InstallCore, the way of basically bundling other installs into your actual install, which was used quite a lot for things like malware. Yep. So, and you know adware and stuff there. So, yeah, um
1: well, but like that's Yeah, but it's not like the company produced the adware.
0: No, they They just...
1: produced a piece of software that allowed people to do that. And should they have been more careful? Probably. Should there have been some basic checks? Maybe. But, like, I I don't know that we can hold them accountable.
0: Well, basically, um, Unity is working for... um... Uh, what do they say? To harness the company's tools, platform, technology, and talent to form an end-to-end platform that enables creators to more easily create, publish, run, monetize, and grow live games
1: and... Monetize.
0: Monetize. I can't speak. It's been a long day.
1: You've got chocolate mouth. <laughs> there it is. Ah, I suppose. I, mm, you aren't worried about the implications of that? <laughs>
0: People are going to have to uh, listen and see. Go what?
1: Okay, not comfortable with it, but okay. <laughs> so they basically kind
0: of slurry. They uh, they they got Iron Source to help with their mobile and live game monetization. Try again. Mo- mon-, mon monetization.
1: Monetization. Okay. To monetize something.
0: Yes. So, yeah, mobile game and live game money-making is what they're really trying to spend $4.4 4 billion dollars on.
1: That's oh, so much money. <laughs> Why? Oh, uh, shit. Some new emojis are coming out. 31. If they're if they're approved. If yes. they're approved. They need yes. to be approved. They keep adding more. Yeah, the currently,
0: um, if these 31 are approved and yep. the other... 4,489 other characters are approved. Unicode 15 will have 1,000, no, 149,186 characters, including 3,664 emoji. Did you know that there are, well, with these 31 on this list here, 3,664 emoji out there.
1: Uh, is, is that unique emoji, or is that, like, because when I look at the high five, there's, like, eight different skin tones.
0: Uh, once you account for all modifiers, including those for skin, hair color, and gender.
1: Okay. Because, like, yeah, it's really easy to, to get that number up if you start adding modifiers, right? Yeah. That's a lot of emoji. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Man, my emoji game is is awful. Like, other people that I know always seem to have the right one for the right thing. And when I'm looking through, I'm like, I don't fucking know (laughs) any of, like, I want an emoji for this. And I, like, start looking through the list and looking through the list. And there's 3,600, and I'm looking through the list. I'm like, I got nothing. I got nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. Most,
0: most of the time when I communicate with people, it's at work. So I'm I've, you know, I've seen people in work emails and chats and everything do emojis. And I'm just like, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Do you know how to do
1: it? Well, yes, because there's a little button in chat. Do you know how to do it in places where there isn't a little button? Or well, if you want to do it faster than the little button? Well, is it just like the old school Unicode stuff? Sometimes, but... Try this, Andy. Put your your cursor in a text box somewhere. Okay. Hold the Windows key. Okay. Press period. Press window key plus period to use emoji in any app. And you can type, and it will search for emojis tagged with whatever you're typing.
0: Okay, what about taco? Oh, look, hey, there's a taco.
1: Now, just be aware, what you are looking at is the Windows rendering of the emoji.
0: Yes, but since it's Unicode, it's basically just colon taco colon, and each um, piece of software and manufacturer basically has to create their own version of it.
1: Right, and render that in in however they want. So when you send a taco, it might not be the taco I see.
0: Yes. No, literally the Windows taco was different. And then as soon as I hit enter, since I was sending it in Google chat, we got the Google rendered taco rather than the Microsoft. Yeah. Which is why they're saying that this is one of the lowest number of new emojis added to the list because.
1: (laughs) Because it's a pain in the butt.
0: All these companies are like really 3,664 emojis that we have to. God damn it.
1: Do you know how many artists we've hired to make emojis? Why is there a maracas emoji? Why is there a maracas emoji?
0: Because we need someone on maracas.
1: And the flute, recorder, panpipe thing—that
0: one I don't know. I was just trying to make a movie reference, but I mean, for goodness sakes, you got you got you got the goose.
1: You have there is a goose. I I don't know that it's the goose, but there is a goose. Well, I
0: have a. Fi- I'm hoping somebody in one of their creating. You know
1: their implementation of the their emoji.
0: implementation of the goose emoji. If yeah. somebody does not make the goose, the goose, I will be disappointed.
1: I mean, the goose is just a, a goose, Andy. I know, but you know, I still need to play that game. Ooh, that would be a good game to add to my list for a Steam Deck. <laughs> Untitled Goose Game sounds like a good Steam Deck game.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. I mean they they have. Uh... They have controls. It's built for a game pad, so
1: right, exactly. Where am I in that list? Am I still waiting? Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So Ooh, it's been a year tomorrow since I reserved a Steam Deck. Oh, apparently I reserved it on Isaac's birthday. Well, there we go. All right,
0: I'm gonna go through a bunch of these topics because we're running short on time. So let sure. me know if Lightning any of these. Round. Yep. Nintendo is making an animation studio called Nintendo Pictures.
1: Cute. I wonder what they're going to produce. Pikmin? A Pokemon? It's like Pokemon. Well, Pokemon already has an anime, Andy. That's true. So Nintendo is not going to make a Pokemon anime because they already did. <laughs> well, but... the,
0: they, pit, they purchased Dynamo Pictures, which was a company behind a series of animated Pikmin short films. Okay, so
1: so maybe a Pikmin anime.
0: Sure, they're just going to focus on development of visual content utilizing Nintendo IP. So Nintendo's got in-house anime
1: to me, Uh, or Mario. Mario's like they're trying to bring it
0: back. There's a movie coming up. PlayStation is announcing a new loyalty program. To basically, like 60 earn stars or something, yes, to earn digital rewards that are not NFTs. They made it very clear that these are not <laughs>
1: NFTs, these, these are not NFTs. We everyone hates NFTs right now, we're not going to use them. So, they said no to that one. Uh,
0: Bandai Namco got hacked, um, they're still trying to figure out how much they got hacked. Uh, Spotify has bought Hurdle. Have you played Hurdle at all, or no? No. It It's like Wordle, but music.
1: Yeah, every, any, Andy, there's a dull at the end of it, so yes. clearly it's like Wordle, but every dull is a like Wordle, but. Yep,
0: so yes, the, the so Spotify announced that they had purchased it for an undisclosed amount of money.
1: Okay. So. Andy, do me a favor, do you have Steam open? No. Okay, never mind.
0: I was going to say, because if I did, it's going to have to update first. Okay. Uh, China has fined a video game publisher $163,000 because they did not get approval first before publishing a series of games. Seven titles without approval from the Chinese government, so they have now been fined.
1: Well, shit.
0: Yep. Uh, Amazon has officially disclosed that they have given police ring data without the user's consent. So far, 11 times just this year. Uh, Microsoft says that they won the deal to place ads on Netflix. So Netflix ad tier is coming and Microsoft is going to be the one giving you the ads. Okay. Android 13 has reached final beta, which means it's going to be released next couple of weeks, probably. Uh, let's see. Android 12 came out in Sept. Uh, Android 12 final beta came out in September. Final source code release in month later in October. So probably next month, Android 13 coming out. And if you got an old laptop and you want to turn it into a Chromebook, Google's got software for that now.
1: I have old laptops that don't work.
0: Well, that might not help you then.
1: What if I have an old desktop?
0: You could probably turn it into a Chromebook. Basically, they just have Chrome OS Flex downloadable to a USB drive for free, allowing you to install it on Mac or Windows PC, and it turns it installs the Chrome OS. There is a list of uh, 400 um, lists of stuff that they basically say they guarantee will work on. Okay. So.
1: I I have a feeling my old custom built PC is not one of them.
0: (laughs) Probably not, but you could try it out.
1: Yeah. What do I got to lose?
0: Yep. So that's that's the rapid fire right there. Alright, should we do the randoms?
1: Randoms. I've got the random review. Is it and tacos? good review? What?
0: Sorry, I'm just looking at our chat window and now it's just full of tacos.
1: It is full of tacos. That's not what I'm reviewing. No. Although there is a new Mexican restaurant that opened up less than a mile away from here. So tacos is not out of the realm of respond- of like potential reviews in the near future. El Imperio. No, I am going to review a game that I picked up during the last Steam sale. Uh, a game that I meant to pick up a long time ago and just, like, totally forgot about called Dicey Dungeons. Okay. Dicey Dungeons is a game by Terry Kavanaugh, the same guy who did Super Hexagon. The music is by Chipsel, the same person who did Super Hexagon's music. So, like, you know it's gonna be good. Uh, and it's this really clever worker placement game so i i need to step back andy because i'm not sure you're aware worker placement is a genre of board game yeah like um puerto rico right i presume so i don't know that i've played puerto rico i think so you roll your dice and then you like do stuff with those dice yes
0: i think that okay. was double checking how do they describe puerto rico Uh, city building, economic farming, is what they say.
1: Okay. I mean, yeah. yeah as, no, as long I, I, as you're... I, yeah, as you're placing you're things in a... Placing things. You're rolling dice, you're placing them. Yeah. So, in this game, you are a die. Like, the the, the the setup for the game, the behind the, like, the reason for the game is this really contrived whatever, like, ha 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 isn't that funny. Um, it's It's a game show run by Lady Luck. And so when you join the game show, she turns you into a die, and you have a class. So there are several classes. There's the warrior, there's the witch, there's the robot, there's the inventor. I haven't even unlocked all of them, so, like, I don't know what they all are, but they're friggin' hilarious, and they're awesome. Each die has its own mechanics, so like if you play as the warrior, it's the easiest one. Your special ability is you can re-roll a die, like three times a turn. So like, cool, I just get to like, ah, I got a one and I don't want a one, I want a six, so I re-roll it, okay. Uh, And you just have a set of starting equipment. The robot, as a a different example, has a risk-reward system for its dice, With the robot, you don't pre-roll all of your dice. You just keep pressing the button to roll more dice. But if you roll over a certain value, you lose everything. The witch doesn't have equipment. The witch has a spellbook. And you have some starting spells, your memorized spells. But, like, you also have your spellbook. And so when you roll your dice, you can use those dice to cast spells you have already prepared or prepare new spells. And so like it the 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 complexity just grows and grows and grows. The inventor, you roll your dice normally, but at the end of every fight you have to scrap one piece of equipment and use that scrap to give you like a better ability. So hmm. you have to continually be cycling through your equipment, picking up new equipment because Equipment is how you actually do damage. The writing is fantastic for as contrived a plot as it is. Like, the plot's really just there to be there in the background. But, like, the writing is hilarious. The jokes are amazing. And the mechanics are actually really fun. It's a fast game. You don't need to think too hard about it. At least not if you're playing The Warrior, because it's pretty easy mode. But, like, even the mechanics get swapped around from time to time like um there's a, a a chapter each chapter has its own set of rules uh and so there's a chapter where All of the equipment is different, and all of the uh, status effects do something different. They do something new. What the heck? So you get used to the status effects. Like, okay, so if I get a shield, it blocks damage. Yep. Well, in this alternate reality, when you get a shield, it heals you the next turn. So it doesn't block any damage, but it heals you the next turn. And it's just, oh, God, it's so good. It's a really fun game.
0: Hmm. Okay. I'm looking at this right now. This is interesting. Yeah. Of course, yeah, it's... Not too much. Oh, playable on Steam Deck. There you go. Yeah.
1: Oh, definitely you could do this on Steam Deck.
0: Yeah, no, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, the the w- system requirements are Windows 7, so, yeah. So, I've played Who's Super Hexagon and hated it. This one is nothing like Super Hexagon, though, right? This is
1: nothing like Super Hexagon. Okay. Other go. than having really awesome music and being written by the same person. Okay. I'm surprised you hated Super Hexagon.
0: It hurt my head. It's very light, lots of basically, I'm not going to say flashing lights, but lots of noise. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, it makes sense. There is a lot of noise in Super Hexagon. There's really good music. But no visual noise. Ah, lots of blinky lights.
0: Yes. Okay. It it was almost like overstimulating where it was just, it was painful to play. Okay.
1: This is not that. Okay, good. So is there an end or no? I mean, there's there's a campaign, and you go through the campaign, and you unlock more stuff, and then that has a campaign, and you unlock more stuff. I have finished the Warriors chapters, so I'm a sixth done with the base game. Okay. Yep. I, there, there is technically an end, but then there's also free DLC. Which is to say, they basically just released new sections of the game.
0: So it's out on the Nintendo Switch, out on Steam. Also looks it's like a- it's available on Android. Is it? That's what it's... That's what I'm, I've got a Google Play here link for it, so...
1: Oh, it's a great game. It would work great as an Android game. So, alright. Yeah, and it's five bucks on Android. Pick it up. I might pick it up for five bucks... Just to have it with me when I don't have my computer. The computer one is significantly more expensive. It's also bigger.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Yep. Yeah. Put
1: the Steam oh, it's, also, it's also the guy who made V
0: oh. oh. You're trying. Oh, come on, I'd- that one didn't
1: have a lot of visual noise. It's just hard.
0: Yes, I know, but that that <laughs> I tried playing that one because that was yeah, that was that was hard.
1: It's a hard game. Yes.
0: Okay.
1: Random topic.
0: Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. How did you first meet Hans?
1: <sighs> we had a class in middle school. That mm-hmm. was like, it was was it business tech or something? That that was the high school class. What was the class in middle school that involved like Hyper Studio? I don't know. I don't know. It was a it was like an intro to computer class of like. This is a computer. This is a word processor. This is how you use a computer. This is how you make PowerPoints. Um, and it was taught by Mr. Leslie. And I was playing with... Uh, probably with Otho or with uh, Jamie Gallimberti. And Mr. Leslie walks over and says, Hey, this is Aaron. And sits Aaron down with us. That That's kind of how I met Hans. If I remember correctly, and Hans, correct me if I'm wrong, but we met because... You were thrust into our group because Mr. Leslie thought that we'd be a good fit for you, or that you'd be a good fit for us, one or the other, or he just didn't care.
0: You probably looked like you weren't busy, so... I mean,
1: we finished the curriculum in, like, the first two
0: weeks. I'm trying to remember how I met Hans. Probably Probably was... Yeah, probably through band, but <clears throat> beyond that, I'm not sure... It's probably banned. Would have been banned? Yeah. David in Leslie's
1: class.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Probably banned. Best that I can guess. Okay. So, I know, not, not a very exciting answer, so. But an answer
1: nonetheless. Yes.
0: And on that little bit of disappointment right there, I, uh, I guess that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast.